Hey there, friends, and welcome to New Light Sports. From the Zen Room Studios, I'm Andrew Oster. New Light Sports, this is evolving sports coverage for an evolving world. And for a lot of you out there today, this is an evolutionary and revolutionary podcast. And we're making history here, so I encourage you to hop on board and be a part of this ride that we're taking. Hop on board the website. There's a messaging tab on the website, newlightsports.com, and be a contributor. Leave your light at the show and leave your feelings, your regards, your comments, your insights, and then we can do a follow-up episode on that. We're here today with episode eight of the podcast for New Light Sports, and today's topic is tech and sport. And we're going to take a deeper look at this relationship and its implications for our world. The implications being both positive and negative. This relates a lot to what we talked about in episodes two and three of the podcast here of how our societal values of the world and our societies and our cultures relate to our sports. So how our society relates to technology, sports relates to technology in that same way. So that's why we're going to dive in and take a deeper look at these implications and what it means for us as sports fans and as humans in general. So whether you fully understand the internet of things or you still call your phone that thingamabob, this episode will shine a light and have something for you in regards to how we use technology, how technology is influencing sports today, and the positive and negative implications of all this technological use. So this podcast today is going to have about four basic sections. The first section is just going to be this macro eagle-eye view of the relationships that sports and technology has had over the years up to today. The second section that we're going to dive into is going to be the current intersections of sports and technology And what are the current biggest intersections of sports and technology today? The third area we're going to shine a light on is going to be more just specific topics and interesting trends in the field of sports and technology today. And our fourth area that we're going to be highlighting and shining a light on is our positive and negative implications, some philosophical deep questions we're going to ask, And we're going to check out some sport-by-sport highlights of how technology has impacted those sports. The first area that we're going to look at today is going to be this broad picture, this grand scheme of how technology and sports have related throughout the ages and up to today. So the first area and the easiest and the most obvious is that technology has really advanced and elevated sports performances. And this is done through two main pathways. It's going to be there's better equipment and there's also better playing fields. So the better equipment is really just in the playing equipment. We have better tennis balls than there was a hundred years ago. We're not using baseballs made of, you know, pig intestine. Uh, Did they ever do that? But they might've, there might've been people who did that. 
safety equipment has taken a huge jump forward with technology. And obviously, I think the biggest intersection, the biggest advancement from better equipment has come from better training equipment. I really, I believe that that has been the biggest contributing factor to a lot of elevated sports performances with technology has been in the training equipment, most notably in the sports science sector, which we're going to touch on later. And obviously, you can play better when your fields, arena, and your playing grounds are better. You know, when you have a better surface or a better court and a better arena to play on, better field technologies, better field maintenance, you're just going to play better. A better court is better. What would you play better on? Your middle school soccer field that you played on? Or can you go over to Estadio Azteca? What are you going to play better on? Better fields equal better performance. Another area where tech has really advanced and elevated sports is in the travel and communication abilities. This is another one where it mirrors our societal buoying that tech has given us, our societal advances from tech, because with our increased travel and communication abilities, sports have really been able to spread out globally from the old regional models to now sports teams are global fixtures. And this is going to play a part in what we're going to talk about later with how the media is advancing so rapidly. So with sports being able to be spread globally through travel and communication, the advancements in media have been able to capitalize that and deliver sports to people through different viewing platforms. With this increased travel and communication abilities, information and techniques and sporting strategies were also easier to share. So what used to just be maybe confined knowledge of one person in one corner of the globe, those strategies can now be shared globally. Or because now you're able to play people from around the globe, you get to see what people do. So all this increased knowledge pool has grown with the increase in technology. And also one other more positive advancement that tech has helped expand sports is in the increased fan and community interaction. And this goes to of what we I foreshadowed earlier is the increased media presence, this bolstered media world, this go-between of how fans can interact and be a part of their favorite teams or sports or leagues or people or athletes or what have you. In reality, the fans do drive sports to their present maximums. Without real big fans, most of these sports would just be backyard or weekend hobbies, which some of us don't mind. But why we love them is that the teams stand for so much more and that there's a passionate fan base supporting them. And that goes back to the human element of why we love sports. And they, they uplift us and they provide us with all this awesome inspired entertainment. And they represent our communities and cities. And we're going to talk about that down the road in another podcast. But that's when another broad eagle-eyed view points of technology is that it's advanced the fan and the community interaction through this increased media presence and increased media world. Think about just 100 years ago, you were lucky to get sports updates for through the newspaper that were a week old if you were able to get it. Then you have the radio. You can listen to the radio. Oh, look, I can listen to the baseball game on the radio. That was a huge technology advancement. Then along came the TV. Then along came the internet. And now you can stream sports from anywhere you want. And I think this area of this increased viewership and the increased media capability and this increased broadcasting and the increased community and fan viewership and interaction 
I think this is the one single aspect I think is most visible to people. If you talk about technology and sports, I think this is the one people can grasp the most because it's the most visible and in their face. But as we're going to see later, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes too that technology is influencing. We're going to get into that. But also on this giant 35,000 foot view of technology and sports, there is one negative aspect that I want to highlight. And that is that with the increase in tech, it has also widened the opportunity and access gap for communities because not everyone or every community gets the same opportunities or access to technology at every different level there is. Think about in your neighborhood, there was probably the more affluent high school and there was probably the more lower income high school. Which one do you think have better practice facilities and better equipment to go play on? You know, as technology relates to our society's evolution, this access to technology is proportionate to your economic prosperity of your area, whether it be your high school, your college, your amateur league, or your professional league. Not all professional leagues are created equal, and not all colleges are created equal. Look at some of the SEC facilities. They're better than some of the professional facilities in other countries. Of SEC, meaning Southeastern Conference, say like, the football facilities there. And especially with this rapid implementation of tech, this access and opportunity gap can widen quicker than ever. So the, you know, the poor getting poorer and the richer getting richer quicker, because if you have access to technology, you can elevate quicker now. So that's something to keep an eye on. I think something we need to be conscious of moving forward. All right. Our second arena of how technology and sports relate is going to be the biggest current day intersections of technology and sports. This is where the rubber meets the road, literally with one of these examples, and how sports and technology, when they come together, what does that intersection look like in today's game? Two of these topics are directly related to sports. And the two that I'm talking about are basically because these sports are so tied to technology where you cannot separate the sport from the technology. And that's in the fields of motorsports and esports. And if you don't know, esports is the video game sporting world. And if you, yeah, if you didn't know, yes, that's a thing now. So in the motorsports world, we're talking Formula One, NASCAR, motocross, rally car racing, MotoGP, boat racing, truck pull lawnmower racing, whatever motorsport you are a fan of or that is out there, obviously technological increases in motorsports and in cars or boats and lawnmowers have elevated those sports performances because the sport is intrinsically tied to the technology. Those NASCAR boys ain't, ain't hauling moonshine anymore. They're hauling ass. Yeah. So one positive implication for this is that a lot of these sports do provide a lot of really good leading edge technology for the transportation sector and are able to get really good advancements in engine efficiency, electrical car knowledge, because uh, an offshoot of the Formula One racing is now, they call it the E1 series, where it's electrical car racing. So a lot of these technological based sports like motorsports are pushing the edge of technology. So 
that can trickle back down to the everyday people where maybe Mercedes figures some stuff out on its Formula One car. And, you know, a couple years down the line, that makes it into your G-Ride. Yeah. And also in the field of electric cars, obviously, I think any advancement into the efficiency and the betterment of electric cars is better for us all. Uh, personally, I believe we need more electric cars. One of the weird little negatives is obviously the faster these things go, crashes become more costly. So speed kills in these examples. And also because the technology is advancing rapidly, I think there's a pretty big disconnect between what these athletes or these drivers are driving and racing and what everyday people are driving. And I don't know if that's a real concern. I think people who are fans of these sports understand that and because they know it's a technological race. I don't think it's a big issue, but it is an issue. And I think it's an issue in these sports more so than other sports. So in the field of eSports, and we're talking video games here, and we're also talking simulated sports, which is a thing too. eSports is obviously directly tied to technology. It's a video game. It's a digital representation of sports or games or just made up competition. Is this really a sport? It's a good question. I put eSports and motorsports in a separate category than traditional sports. And with eSports and with video game competitions, I mean, there is the aspect of, you know, it's a competition involving a game with rules to establish a winner. Sounds like a premise of a lot of sports. At least one positive here is that players in eSports, you know, they're, they can still get access to elite competition through these eSports leagues. Like they can still scratch that competitive itch because these sports still require a lot of mental skill to be played well you know they can get this competition where they might not be able to get it in traditional sports so it is still allows them to compete it still allows that warrior archetype that is in us to come out and to be exercised just in a different way so i think that's a positive of esports you know it allows competition to a greater number of people and i think competition's healthy when viewed in healthy ways i think we talked about an in episode five of the joyous sports of the benefits of good competition. So, I mean, with video games, another good positive is they can really help grow the traditional sports popularity. I mean, just here in America, how big is FIFA soccer? I bet you more people know about European soccer from playing FIFA than they actually do from watching European soccer. I wonder if the same's true for Europe. Do they know about football from playing Madden? I don't know, Madden's kind of complicated. At least at FIFA, you can just pick up the controller and just slide tackle your way to a couple goals. Madden, you gotta like you know, pick plays. I don't know, interesting point though. But these video games have definitely gone hand in hand with the explosion and popularity of these sports. As the video games have gotten better, the sports have benefited too. I mean, one of the more underrated video games was Tiger Woods PGA Tour Golf for the Wii. That was a great game. That was interactive. That was kind of crossing the boundaries into these simulated sports ideas and staying in the golf world. Did you know in Korea that there's more rounds played on simulated golf, which they call screen golf, than there are actually on real golf courses, which they call turf golf. They actually differentiate between the two different sports because they are different sports. Screen golf versus turf golf. Who'd have thunk it? 
These simulated sports definitely have a place because they can be a big training tool where you don't really have access to a training field or an arena to go play in. So like screen golf is a big training tool for a lot of aspiring professional golfers. The virtual reality world is a huge burgeoning technology area. And you hear people all the time talking about maybe what if these NFL quarterbacks are practicing in the virtual world, practicing their their read progressions, reading defenses without really having to play. So you can still practice the mental side of the game without taking the costly hits. There's definitely a place for these virtual reality training tools and simulated sports. Oh, one other side thing on the esports, and this is going to be big in the future, drone racing. It's coming. We are definitely moving into some Star Wars aspects. Speaking of Star Wars... When are they going to make that cool little holographic monster fighting game? Can't they make that already? We should be there. Somebody's got to do that. So another couple of these intersections of technology and sports today. I think the biggest single factor in advancing sports performances has been the field of sports science. I mean, the field of sports science is so big. You could do a whole collegiate thesis on here. So I'm just going to highlight some of the bullet points and some of the more important topics. And sports science involves a whole broad range of fields of expertise. And we're talking about nutrition, you know, supplements, advanced training techniques, advanced analytics, biometrics, player tracking, equipment tracking, sensor, big data, everything. Everything's being analyzed and collected into this big data machine using this internet of things to collect big data. These are big burgeoning fields, especially in the sports world. I think everybody understands how nutrition and nutritional science has come along, but some of these more advanced training and analytics may be foreign to people. For example, in the NBA, Most of the NBA teams now use advanced video analytics during practices and games to maximize shot efficiency. So they're going to have a system of cameras around an arena taking multiple views of a game. They transpose that camera into a 3D model, and then they can run simulations and a program on it to analyze what plays work the best against what defense, what shots are the best shots. I mean, that's kind of why the rise of the three-pointer in the NBA took off because they figured it out like, oh, wow, three points is worth more than two points. So if we can get smart and maximize more three-point shots, well, then we're going to win more games. And you see that. You totally see that. Another aspect of that is uh, a lot more player tracking, a lot more biometric sensor data and player tracking. Also upcoming, the NHL is going to bring back the puck tracking. It's not going to be like it was back with that, what was it, that fox, that puck track, that glowing puck. That was cool. I wouldn't mind that coming back. I don't know if it's going to be more for broadcasting, but it's definitely going to be more used for team analytics and um, some broadcasting tools, kind of like how, you know, in baseball, they have all the stat cast now and the NFL started doing these next gen stats where it uses advanced video analytics, kind of like how the NBA does. So in hockey, they're going to start doing player tracking and puck tracking. And part of it's probably going to be to provide the fans with direct info. And then teams and their sports scientists can go, you know, analyze and collect all this data. Is anybody techno stressed yet? 
Because you know that's a thing. Techno stress. With all this increase in technology, of course, psychologists need to label every little malady out there. But a new malady that is hitting our world is techno stress. And that is if you just feel anxiety or overstressed or overworked about technology. So don't get me wrong. We might get techno stressed during this podcast, but we're all going to come back down when it's done. We're all going to wrap this up in a pretty bow and we're going to be reassured and back on our feet when this is done. So just, just ride with me here for a little bit. Ride on this tech roller coaster for a little while longer. Oh, almost forgot to mention. Oh, another really deep and interesting aspect of this sports science world is the neuroscience and cognitive training field that is out there. And this is using neuroscience and applied cognitive trainings to increase your mental capacity for pattern recognition, mental strength, you know, keeping your brain waves at a certain level for certain times. It's pretty interesting. I'll just leave it at that. It can get pretty deep. I'll just say a field of sports science is neuroscience and cognitive training. And we'll just leave it at that. You might need a scientific degree to go any further than that. But hey, some of you might have scientific degrees. So hey, dive in. Neuroscience. Dive right in. Moving on from sports science, another of these big intersections of sport and tech today is social media. Well, what do you know? Social media is one of the tech industry's little darlings. It's their big moneymaker. And social media has impacted the whole world over. And so, of course, it's impacted the sports world. Social media has really changed the way that sports and leagues and teams and athletes interact with the world. And changes the way how they interact with their fans. They're allowed to pretty much manage their own image now. They don't wait for the beat reporter of their team to report a story, they tweet about it. Now, whether that's good or bad for them, I don't know, but it's entertaining. It's usually entertaining. Yeah. I think this is a real big positive for athletes because they really get to get their own messages across without editing or without editorializing and without having to go through the traditional media outlets. Although that method's still available, So right now, it's empowering to athletes to be able to have their own voice heard and to deliver their message how they want it to be heard or read or received without any, you know, middlemen or editorializing. Some use it better than others. Other times that that backfires if it's a, you know, maybe if it's an emotionally fueled tweet or pretty hastily tweeted something and then they try and delete it. Once it's on the internet, it's out there though. So that's a double-edged sword with using social media correctly. But I mean, every team, every league has their own social media managers and social media accounts. So you can get all this up-to-the-date info without really even needing to go on the newspaper anymore. Really, most of your news can come through social media these days, which is a huge change in sports. And our last little intersection of tech and sport today It's not little at all. It actually might be the biggest. It's gambling. Gambling was once the elephant in the room that nobody wanted to talk about in sports, but it's always there. And now recently, especially in America, since it's sports gambling has been allowed by the states that choose to allow it, it's been rapidly embraced by leagues. 
A lot of leagues and teams have quickly partnered up with sports books or casinos who offer sports gambling to take advantage of this action. Because globally, I don't know, there's really no estimates for gambling because they can't count your little fantasy league or they can't count your office pool that you do. But globally, statisticians estimate that about $250 billion in U.S. dollars of capital is spent on sports gambling. So $250 billion United States Federal Reserve notes exchange hands for sports betting every year. To put that in perspective, that's about 20 times what the NFL makes in revenue. And the NFL is the richest sporting league in the world. $250 billion United States dollars spent on sports gambling is greater than the sum of what all the professional sports leagues make, at least all the major ones. And it's not really close. I don't know what that says, but one could definitely infer that the gambling on sports is bigger than the sports themselves. Just a monetary value. And that's not really fair because if you're basing it in United States dollars, you know, you got to do the conversion and other countries don't have strong currency. doesn't mean they don't like their sports, but yada, yada, yada. Gambling is hugely big and gambling's supremely impacted by tech. And the intersection of tech and sports and gambling is growing rapidly. Just look at the rise of fantasy sports, the daily fantasy sports. Look at new sports leagues like the AAF, the Alliance for American Football. It's building itself as a minor league sports team, when in reality, it's a gambling league. That league is built on tech. Their league chairman has even said that, you know, what you see on the field is only 10% of what the league's all about. That league is about developing the technology to do live data tracking and how that relates to live sports gambling, betting on live odds. So watching the sport on a phone or as it happens and being able to bet live on the odds. People think there's a pretty big market for in-game gambling odds and these live in-game analytics. So you need an enormous platform and a lot to push all that data, crunch it, and analyze it into something useful. You know, we saw this a lot in actually the the match, the Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson golf match. It occurred to me about a quarter of the way through that that wasn't about golf. That was about gambling. And that was a test run for how fans would interact to live in-game gambling odds. And honestly, I think sports like golf, like football, like baseball, like surfing, where you can have some lull in the action, even soccer, how there's not instant quick action. So there's time to maybe do some good live in-game gambling. That's a huge field. And technology is solely behind that. Another big example is India, the, the country of India. There's a new app called Rooter, and it's quickly rising in popularity because it's India's newest and largest fantasy gambling platform. It provides live odds and gambling opportunities and fantasy game opportunities on live Indian sports. And Indians love their sports. Big economic growing regions like Asia, Central America, India, these are huge gambling hotspots and going to start seeing a lot more gambling trends and gambling technology from these countries specifically. Keep an eye out for that. So this kind of reminds me of 
the anti-technology and another Indian nations that were interested in gambling, but we're not talking about the country of India. We're talking about here in America, our natives, Indians. They loved gambling. They saw it as a way to use their intuition to try and predict who was going to win that day. Who's going to exert more spiritual essence? Who had the capability to exert more spiritual essence to win that day? And for the gambler, who was feeling more psychic and connected and intuitive to gamble right? And they gambled freely. You know, they weren't afraid to lose. They were a very giving culture, so they weren't afraid to literally lose the shirt off your back. That's why all these, you know, white settlers, these Puritan white settlers were horrified to see Indians gambling all their clothes away and walk away naked. They thought they were savages. Oh, absolute savages. Those, those Indians are, I don't know, that was a British settler, I guess, who would say that. But, uh, you know, actually, the Indians really did live as only the most wealthy whites did, which is pursuing their dreams and an abundance of free time. I think these early white settlers really had a backwards view of their culture. They just did not understand. And to them, gambling was a sin. But to the Indians, gambling was a way of life. It was a way of divination. So that's gambling from the heart. But you can watch the AAF and hopefully golf, and we can gamble with tech. So there's that. Those were the biggest current implications of tech and sport today. All right, everyone, that's going to conclude part one of our look at the intersection of tech and sport. Make sure you tune in and come back for part two of this deeper look into the implication of this relationship where we're going to get real deep. And in part two, stay tuned for the show spotlight feature. It's going to be a sign of light and it's going to be one that you won't want to miss. So I'll see you on the flip side for part two of this. Be well, take care of each other, take care of yourselves, and spread some light around out there. All right, adios.